the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoshio Podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. It is a couple minutes after 4. You're listening to the Tim DeMoshio Show. Thanks for tuning in. It's AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app. Forecast the rest of the afternoon, kind of cloudy, low down to 25 tonight. Tomorrow, still on the cloudy side, may get some sunshine, similar to today, and a high up to 48, a little warmer tomorrow. Sixers are at Atlanta tonight, 7.30. Flyers get back on the ice after some extended time off in and around the All-Star break. They're at Pittsburgh tomorrow at 7. And in tennis, which you don't normally talk about in this program, but I'm a big Roger Federer fan. I just think he's an amazing player and I like how he does his interviews I'd love to have him on sometime he lost to uh, Novak Djokovic in three sets in the Australian Open semifinal the final for that is this coming Sunday the winner of fifth ranked Dominic Team and seventh ranked Alexander Zverev Danny are you impressed with the fact that I can say all of these tennis names that I normally don't talk about you did a very nice job. I practice. It's not easy. I, I actually had to go online and listen to interviews and hear commentators pronounce their names properly. Wow. Look See, at you and your research. Well, there's a lot of prep that goes into this program. Something I just walk in and just sit down and say stuff. There's a, there's hours, sometimes sleepless nights behind this program. I know. You know what I'm saying? So I'm excited. How are you today, by the way? I'm great. How are you? You look peachy today. I am. Is it because I'm in a peach sweater? That would be it. There we go. Thank you for the uh, for the explanation. So <laughs> so today I'm excited. You know, yeah. You know why? Please tell me. Well, we have a couple things going on. Um, I mentioned the Flyers a minute ago. They've been off for a really long time. They're starting up tomorrow night. And uh, Brian Smith, who is their manager of broadcasting and media services, and he's also their radio guy in between periods for the road games, he's going to check in for a little bit just to kind of reset the table second half of the, of the season. So for those who are Flyers fans, Brian's in and around the team all the time, so we'll get some conversation with him. Cool. Secondly, I don't know if you realize this, but yesterday we had Tremper Longman III, an author, on with us. Yes. Day before that, we had Herb Lusk III on with us. Yes. He's in with a program this coming Saturday debuting, uh, The Legacy Project, Saturdays at 2.30. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, wait, we had back-to-back thirds on the program. I sent this theme. We need to complete at least have a third third, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we could keep the winning streak going because there are some famous thirds that I'm going to drop into the program today that you may not be aware of. Okay. But one, not as famous, but maybe getting famous, is actually my nephew. My nephew, Bobby the Third. So there's my dad, who is my very first guest. Mm-hmm. Then my brother, Bob, who was, is an author, among other things. He, we had him on a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So his son, Bobby, the thing about him is not just to have, oh, let me grab him on and just say, hey, how was your day going? This is actually something pretty cool. He has something called the Hidden Biscuit. Okay. What's that? It's, it's, a, it's an Instagram thing okay. where he takes pictures of a biscuit in a setting, and you have to find it. 
Oh, it's like the Disney Mouse Mickey Mouse thing. I haven't seen that, but maybe it, there's yeah. Mickey Mouse ears in every single Disney movie ever made. That oh. even if Mickey Mouse isn't in the movie, so all the Disney princesses, all of it, there are Mickey ears in it somewhere. Somewhere. Okay. And yeah. people people find it. So here's your assignment. We're going to go to a first break. Okay. Uh, and then Brian Smith from the Flyers is going to join us uh, near the bottom of the hour or so is when my nephew's going to be checking in. And uh, in the interim, because uh, you're so social media minded, yeah, check out his Instagram thing and 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 just take a gander, see what you think if you can. Okay, uh, because uh, it, it's called the Hidden Biscuit. That's where you would look it up on Instagram. Okay, all right. And we're bringing him in for a couple of reasons, but first and foremost, what got me thinking was just the fact that he's a third also, and we, we're keeping our winning streak going now. Yeah, three days in a row, I thirds. Like it. All right, who's going to be on tomorrow? I'm working on it. Okay. All right. I'll tell you one person who's a third, uh, who I'd love to have on. Who? Eminem. He's a third? He's a third. Wow. Now, it wasn't like uh, the rapper, right? Not, yeah. not, not just, to, just to clarify for some <laughs> who are thinking we're talking about the, the animated candies. No, it's uh, the rapper. Eminem is, uh, his real name escapes me. It's around here somewhere. I actually wrote it down. His real name is Marshall Bruce Mathers. What a name. So he's, I guess there's a Marshall Bruce Mathers Jr. and a Marshall Bruce Bruce Mathers Sr. And Eminem is the third. Wow. Which might be why he calls himself Eminem. It wouldn't go too far as a rapper with the name Marshall Bruce Mathers. <laughs> so I would I would find having him on fascinating. We yeah. Might have to, we might have to have the show on delay to you know bleep out anything. But he's had some really interesting songs. Some of them are pretty not so good. But he's had some interesting songs. Uh Lyrically, I like to listen and, and look for threads, even if, you know, for, uh, as far as like having some redemptive value or maybe God gets a hold of somebody in a certain part of their lives, just a particular part of, you know, searching. I know I know, I have some friends who are close to certain celebrities who have been in church with certain celebrities, for example. And he's like, I didn't know that person would even be thinking about God. Wow. You know, but sometimes mm-hmm. you, you can sell millions of records and you can have all the money in the world, all the women in the world, all the men in the world, all the fame or whatever. And in the end of the day... It's not designed to, there's a, there's a, a saying that um, God's made us for ourselves and we're restless till we find our rest in him. You can try to fill that God's space in your heart with stuff, but it doesn't ultimately satisfy. So anyway, I, oh, Eminem is somebody I've actually had on my list. I don't know how we'd get to him or have him on, but I'd find it fascinating. Can I'll you, look into can it. Can you start working on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Quick break. We'll come back with Brian Smith of the Flyers. We also have my nephew ch- uh, checking in with his hidden biscuit deal. And uh, maybe we can have time somewhere along the way to give some stuff away, too. Thanks for tuning in today to the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of the Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com.
Oh, yeah, that'll wake you up if you're having a late afternoon slump. That's The Boils, and uh, one of many songs the Flyers have used over the years to get the crowd pumped up. And as uh, we continue the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL, Brian Smith, manager of broadcast and media services with the Flyers, joining us. How you doing, Brian? Doing good, Tim. How are you? Good. Good to check back in with you. I think the last time we talked was right around Thanksgiving, and now we've turned the corner into 2020. And on the other side of the All-Star break, you got the Flyers and Penguins tomorrow night at 7. Had a nice win over the Penguins right before the break, right? So I guess it was a 3 nothing shutout. You know, what do you th- where do you think the team's at right now as we head into the second half here? Well, I think the team's in a real good spot overall, Tim. It's, uh, you know, a little bit of a few different things. One of, it's, one of which is, um, you know, in past years, it seems like the, the Flyers, when they get to this point in the season, first of all, they have to, they're, they're fighting clawing for every point they can get just to get back into the race. They don't have that situation this year. They are in a very tight race uh, in the Eastern Conference, but they're right there with everybody. They don't have to make up a ton of ground. They just kind of have to keep pace and maybe press down the pedal just a little bit to get ahead of some of the teams around them. So that's a big help. Um, They went into the break playing good hockey, but uh, not, (laughs) and this sounds kind of funny, but not as good as you would say, oh, man, it's too bad we have to stop playing. Uh, The Flyers have gone into this break in past years with like a 10-game winning streak, and then it's kind of like, oh, Drat, we have to stop playing, and then they come back out, and they never, never really regained that uh, on the other end. Um, so, uh, yeah. so, so that's a bit of a blessing in disguise. I mean, obviously they're playing well, but it's not like they were lights out before the break uh, and uh, unstoppable, and now they're not going to be. Um, yeah. and, and the other nice thing about the way, the way the league has structured this whole thing is that they've given half the league their bye week uh, the week before the All Star game, and the other half the week after. The first year that the league did this format. Uh, they were kind of all over the place. So you had, uh, oftentimes, you had teams coming back off a break playing teams that had been playing or vice versa, whatever. Um, the the Penguins and the Flyers have had the exact same time off. Um, they're in the exact same situation, so it'll be a pretty even game for them tomorrow night. And, uh, you know, in my opinion, I, I really think the Flyers have an advantage coming back on Saturday against Colorado, even though it's the second half of the back-to-back and Colorado hasn't played in a week. Uh, when you get off the game that long, uh, it's tough to jump right back into a game situation. So I think the Flyers are going to catch the avalanche at a good time. Hopefully they can take advantage of it, especially early on, and uh, you know maybe uh, you know come away from this weekend with four points. So that'd be great. Brian Smith is the manager of broadcasting and media services for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. You'll also, on a side note, if you're checking out tomorrow night's game on the radio – you have been doing the uh, between periods reports. Is still that still going strong? And folks will hear your voice if they're tuning in tomorrow night in the radio. Well, not tomorrow night. Actually, tomorrow night was uh, a bit of a conflict. I'm I'm also the uh, TV play by play voice for the Philadelphia Wings. So uh, uh, okay. tomorrow I've got I've got Wings duty tomorrow night. Okay, uh, Wings are taking on the uh, Georgia Swarm at the Wells Fargo Center. They're playing great. Uh, the Wings are so uh, so. I'll be on that telecast tomorrow night. Uh, yeah, I'll be right back in the saddle coming up uh, next week. The uh, Flyers actually only have three home games in the next two weeks. They've got a pretty big road schedule here over the next three weeks. It might be their last really road-heavy stretch of the season. But, um, but yeah, we'll be, uh, we'll be holding down the fort during that whole trip and uh, having some, some good times here over the uh, first few weeks of February. Well, what goes into prep for you with regard to broadcasting between periods? Like how much can you know ahead of time it's not going to change, and how much do you have to actually go with the flow and think on your feet with those reports because you're obviously doing in-game 
reports, so to speak. I mean, between periods. Yeah, but... I mean, you know, going into the pregame show, you know what what's what, what's going on, obviously. But um, intermissions, it almost is all dependent on how the game's going to go. Um, there are some times when we'll have. Uh, an interview uh, recorded ahead of time or something like that that we'll play back. But uh, most of the games for the intermissions, you're just rolling with the punches. And to be honest, you're hoping something happens in the first period because if it doesn't, you don't have any highlights. You've got to kind of, uh, roll with it and fill yeah. that time somehow. Uh, there, there's, there's a couple different variables in, in the games. One is how many goals are scored in a period because – uh, you know, if you have four goals in a period, you got plenty of highlights to fill time. Right. Uh, the other variable for us is how many other games are there in the National Hockey League because we do an out-of-town scoreboard. We try to play some highlights from other games. And if it's, uh, you know, the league, the league really ebbs and flows. If you look at the schedule, you'll see a lot of times where, like, Mondays and Wednesdays, there's only two or three games. So if you're playing on a Wednesday night and you might be the only game in the Eastern time zone, the rest of them will start till later, or you're playing on a Saturday afternoon and yeah. the rest of the games are at night, then you've got to uh, you got to tap dance a little bit. So, yes, yes. Uh, so yeah, we just kind of read and react. You know, it's we, we have, you know, Lord knows this this league has enough stats at its disposal in game that we can, uh, you know, just kind of uh, roll with whatever happens during the game. You'll look for other tendencies in the score sheets that you can get. Everybody can get these score sheets online. Sure. Um, you know, you'll look for uh, things like um, you know face off battles and. and uh, are, are certain guys uh, seeing more ice time than they normally do, or is uh, you know is it a situation where your team's had four penalties in that period, so five or six of your guys have already played four minutes on the penalty kill, stuff like that, um, you know, a bunch of time on the PK. Uh, so you kind of read and react to that, but uh, but yeah, a lot of it during during the intermissions is kind of on the fly, just uh, according to how the game's going. Brian Smith is the manager of broadcasting and media services for the Philadelphia Flyers, among other hats that he wears. And many times between uh, periods for the road games, you can catch him doing those updates and the uh, the you know between periods uh, situations there. But yeah, it's funny I mention this to you actually because um, you know most of the work I've done in the last twenty or so years has been more soundbite, like go to games as I can, uh, get some stuff I can use on the show, and maybe set up an interview, kind kind of make less pressure. As opposed to there has been times where I've had stories or I've had agents place I had to report to where you have a game story you're working on. And that's a totally different ball game, having to really be in the moment. In fact, I remember one game a few years back. I was at the Wells Fargo Center. The Flyers were up 2 nothing with a couple minutes left. I'd been working on storyline that had to do with shutouts. And then the other team scored a goal with two minutes left. Then they tied it with 15 seconds left. And then yeah. they, they lost in overtime right away. And like within a span of a very short time, my whole story blew up. And I, I remember staring at my screen like, oh, man, <laughs> you know, like, I gotta, yeah. this is not so enjoyable to have to do this, but that's. Oh, uh, I know, and that's, it's, that's a huge pitfall for, you know, I've always looked at it, uh, you know, my, my job deals with uh, helping the media to cover the team when I'm not on the air. And, yeah. you know, you always have kind of two separate groups. You have the people that are prepping before the game and then broadcasting the game. And once the game's over, they're kind of done. Right. And then you have the guys that aren't doing much before the game, but then they come to cover the game. And then after the game, they got to write it. Um, so there is a, there is a distinct difference there <laughs> in the way that those two groups of people have to approach their jobs. And yeah, you see that every now and then, uh, obviously not just in hockey, but in a lot of sports sure. where uh, you 
you know, so, some of the some of the greatest endings that are in the history of sports are uh, the the nights that the people covering them lament the most because they had to yes. blow up their whole story and try to rewrite it on a twenty minute deadline or something. That's right. That's right. Brian Smith, manager, broadcasting and media services for the Philadelphia Flyers, hanging out with us for a little bit. Flyers back in action after an extended time off. Uh, tomorrow night they'll be at the Penguins. 7 o'clock. We'll continue our chat with him. We also have my nephew, Bob the Third, Bob DeMoss III, the son of my brother and grandson of my dad. He has a really cool thing going. We'll get into that. He'll be the third third. We have we had uh, uh, Tremper Longman the third yesterday, an author. We had Herb Lusk the third, who's uh, going to do a program that's coming Saturday, debuting called the Legacy Project, two with two thirty Saturday afternoons on WFIL. And I just I'm keeping with that theme. That and more coming up. It's Tim DeMoss show on WFIL. Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss show podcast with AM five sixty WFIL and WFIL.com. 423 of the Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Quick note that due to circumstances beyond the control of WFIL and Salem Media Group, the dates of the Matthew West brand New York getaway trip were changed to depart on Wednesday, February 5th, 2020, and the return on Friday, February 7th, 2020, the YouTube Music Night featuring the release of Matthew West's new CD titled Brand New, and where the grand prize winner is scheduled to meet Matthew West will be held on Thursday, February 6th, 2020, at YouTube Studios in New York City. Please see the sweepstakes, terms, and conditions on WFL.com for complete details. That's the legal side of things. Uh, in actuality, in practice, the contest we had going is basically similar. We're giving away a trip to New York City to meet Matthew West at this uh, release party. The times have shifted just a little bit. But legally speaking, we want to make sure you know that. A lot of other great contests on our site, and we'll get into that uh, a little later on, explain a couple more of what's going on. But uh, we continue our chat at the moment with Brian Smith, who's the manager, broadcasting and media services for the Philadelphia Flyers. Looking through their schedule so far this year, first half before the All-Star game, kind of streaky in a way. They've won you know, several games in a row, lost several in a row. Not a lot of win, lose, win, lose. Uh, does, you know, do, does hockey... Uh, usually have that kind of pattern? Is it unusual? Does it mean anything? Or do you think it's unusual to have that kind of pattern? And and is there anything about hockey in general, that whether it's as a sport or how it's scheduled, that lends itself to that sort of thing? Well, I mean, it's not. I don't think it's unusual in hockey in general, just in the standpoint of when you look at the game of hockey versus some of the other sports, I would say 40% or more of what happens in hockey is pure luck. Um, you know, you get... Uh, goals that go in off a guy's rear end or, uh, you know, sometimes some of the most dangerous scoring chances in a hockey game would come off a shot where the guy actually missed. Hmm. And now all of a sudden the puck's, uh, you know, in the slot and, uh, you know, like, like when I say missed, I mean like he took a shot and didn't get all the puck and now it just kind of slides like a change <laughs> up into the slot while everybody else is expecting a 90 mile an hour slap shot. Now it's a complete fire drill yeah. uh, trying to get to that puck. So there is a lot more, uh, there's a lot more variables in hockey. That's why advanced stats in this sport have been so difficult to kind of wrap your head around, whereas in the other sports there's so many more controlled situations, whether it's a play from scrimmage or you know a pitcher versus a hitter or even you know a possession in an NBA game. It's a much more controlled situation than, than in a hockey game. So I'm not too surprised to see that. I mean, when you really think about it, the best teams in the National Hockey League are still going to lose – upwards of 30 games a year. If you have a 50-win season, that's 50-30, and 30, whether it's 
you know, 30 regulation losses or 20 and 10 or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, you don't see too many people, too many teams going that far past 50 wins. So you, you really are going to lose, um, you know, uh, more than, uh, more than a quarter of your games, if not closer to the 33% or whatever. So it's, it, it's not too interesting, but what you see, I think, is the, the best teams don't string together those losses very often. Um, you know, your, your best teams in the NHL might have one stretch of the season where they might go four or five games without a regulation win, and everything else other than that is like three wins and you lose a game, maybe lose two, and then you win four more or five more. Yeah. You, they, you, don't, you, know, you don't see those, those streaks there where they go without points a lot. So, um, and that's, that's on purpose. That's the kind of thing that the, the Gary Bettman has tried to build in this league, and he's done a very good job of it with uh, all of his staffs and the general managers trying to build parity in this league. Um, so, you know, the, the regular season games mean more, and, and we've gotten there. Um, you know, any team in this league can beat any other team on any given night. It doesn't matter if you're first place or last place, and you don't have to go much further to see that than, than last year's first round series between Tampa Bay and Columbus. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah. it, it's, uh, it, it is, it is something I think that's a little unique to hockey, but it's part of the, uh, kind of the magic of the game. Well, and to your point, and for those just tuning in, it's Tim DeMoss show on WFIL. Brian Smith is with us. He's the manager of broadcasting and media services for the Flyers. The Flyers are kind of maybe that's an area maybe they can shoot for in the second half. I'm sure they want to win every game, but they've had, I think they had a five-game winning streak. They've had a couple of four-game winning streaks, but they've also, I think, had three four-game losing streaks as well where they didn't get any points. So that's the, if they can cut those down to four-game losing streaks to two, you know, obviously then that keeps that the engine chugging along. And maybe that's an area because they've had both sides. And overall, like you said, they're right on the cusp there. And maybe if they can tighten things up a little bit more, that'll allow them to you know make make a nice run in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what they, that's what they need to do is just uh, you know buckle down and uh, uh, you know keep those keep those off games to a minimum. Um, you know the the they're in tenth place right now, but they're three points out of uh, third place in the division. And, and tomorrow right. is a a big four-point game against Pittsburgh. They're um, right now seven points up on the Flyers, so they can make some ground up there too. So, uh, yeah, it's um, you know it's it's not as uh, not as crazy as it looks if you look at the um, you know just look at the standings uh, straight up as, as to how they sit right now. Um, but uh, yeah, you, you kind of nailed it. It's just a matter of uh, and and they 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 kind of approach it that way too. Like the coaches will will divide up the season into segments and say okay in these eight games we need to get uh you know 12 points or 14 points or something like that so they they they, they plan on it knowing that you're not going to win every game uh, but if you get to these certain numbers of points in these certain segments you're right on track and the lead video was just talking to media about how the team is is right on track right now right where they thought they would be in fact they might have a couple more points than they thought they needed so he's uh That's very they're pretty confident they're getting, they're getting to the playoffs and they're just ready to kind of buckle down and uh and get it done that's very interesting because it probably it probably allows them to take the season and also uh, bite-sized stages to, but and to map things out rather than be one long like wow this is a really long year and have those benchmark yeah. milestones so yeah and you kind of have to do you have to do that too just from the standpoint of you don't lose track of points early in the season because it is very easy to go through a week in October where it's like you only you only get two points out of eight or something like that and then you think to yourself, Oh, we got six months to make it up. Well then 
those six months go by real quick, and then you're in April and you need four <laughs> points to get in the playoffs, and you're yeah. looking back in October wishing that you'd gotten those couple of points there that you lost on a last-second goal or, or whatever. So. Yeah, that's great. Brian, last question for you. Flyers have seven players in double digits with regard to goal score. Travis connecting with 17, Jake Wojcik at 10, and others in between. Very balanced. No one necessarily clearly head and shoulders above the others like a major sniper. On Is that a good thing? Is it better if they had one? Does it matter uh, one way or the other? Or in your in your hockey opinion? Yeah, I mean, you know, when when you look at it, it is definitely good that the team's balanced right now because they have, like everybody else, had some injuries. And, uh, you know, if uh, when guys have gone out of the lineup, uh, you know, other folks have filled in. I mean, one of the one one of the um, things when uh, when Oscar Lindblom left um, that uh, nobody really talked about because it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things with what he's going through, but when he left the team, he was the team's leading goal scorer. Right. Um, so right. uh, it's been uh, it's been really really good to see other folks step into that. And at the same time, when you look at the start of this season. Um, you know, the, the quote unquote big guns that people have been used to scoring a lot, like the, you know, Giroux, Voracek, uh, Van Riemsdyk, uh, they, they had a little bit of a slow start to the season, but uh, the Flyers were able to um, stay in the fight because uh, Travis Konechny's having a breakout year because of the offense that Oscar provided early in the year and some of the other guys able to come in and step up and kind of make up the slack, for lack of a better term, until they're until the veterans kind of got going, um, you know, so it's, right. uh, you know, that, that's definitely been, been good to see. Um, you know, nobody's going to, nobody's going to tell you with a straight face that they would not love to have a 50 goal score. Um, yeah. And it's possible that the, uh, the flyers might have a couple of them in the pipeline, uh, you know, at some point or another, but um, you know, they don't grow on trees. So if you don't have one of those, you need to get uh, scoring from, all different uh, sources, and uh, they've been able to do that for the most part this year. So that definitely has been a key to them getting where they are right now. That sounds great. Brian, thank you so much for taking time. It's uh, good to connect again after the All-Star break, and hopefully we'll see you down at the center sometime soon. Sounds great, Tim. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Brian Smith, manager, broadcasting, and media services for the Philadelphia Flyers. Kind enough to hang out this afternoon a little bit. As the Flyers get the second half of their season underway tomorrow night at Pittsburgh at 7. Forecast calling for a kind of cloudy rest of the afternoon. Low 25 on the cloudy side tomorrow. Low sun at times, high 48. Sixers at Atlanta tonight at 7.30. In addition to that Flyers game tomorrow. And tennis, second-ranked Novak Djokovic over third-ranked Roger Federer in the Australian Open semifinal. The championship round is uh, Sunday. Djokovic will, or the, uh, the Joker as he's known. Uh, will be against fifth-ranked Dominic Team or seventh-ranked Alexander Zeverev. And that is the extent of my tennis knowledge at the moment. Quick break. Very special guest going to join us in just a moment on WFIL. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 437 on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. We're having a party, by the way. Just a quick heads up. Sunday, the 23rd of February. China Garden in Willow Grove. Delicious buffet. I'll be on hand. Would love to meet you. Hang out. Details on how you can win a table for four. Perhaps a spot in the guest list at WFIL.com on the contest page. In the meantime, we continue our swell program with a very special guest. My favorite nephew. 
Bob DeMoss the third. How you Thank doing? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. You know the reason why you're on today? Any idea? I, I have a, a slight um, idea that it has something to do with biscuits, but I could be wrong. It, it is about biscuits, but what, what the lead-in was is yesterday I had a guest on. His name was Tremper Longman the third. He's an author, written three dozen books, pastor. He actually used to preach at the church where we have gone, a new life. And mm-hmm. the day before that, I had a gentleman named Herb Lusk III, who is starting a program this coming Saturday called The Legacy Project, uh, aimed toward millennials. It's going to be on 2.30 Saturday afternoons on WFIL. And I'm like, wait, back-to-back guest days of somebody <laughs> the third. I'm like, I know another third. <laughs> My nephew's a third. Yeah. <laughs> you have a pretty good heritage. And then I always had thought about the biscuit thing. I was like, this will make a nice tie-in. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. And your dad was actually on with us uh, not too long ago, about two, three weeks ago. All that said, for those listening in, my nephew, uh, Bob DeMoss the third, multi-talented, including this hidden biscuit thing. So what is it? And and how did it start? Explain for the folks listening in. So it's uh, the Hidden Biscuit is essentially like I Spy or Where's Waldo. And it's I took that idea and I formed it onto a social media platform, Instagram. And essentially what it is is I put, I bake a biscuit and I actually put it in real life and I take the photo and all my followers have to try to find it in every single photo. Okay. Now, for the Instagram handle or whatever, what's it technically called? It's at the Hidden Biscuit on Instagram. So if somebody wants to participate in this, as they as we explain a little bit, they would look for at the Hidden Biscuit on Instagram. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Now, uh, so you take this these photos. You know, how do you work it or plan it out? Do you, you do you try and do you know one or two or three at a time so you don't have to do it every single day? Come with an idea. Or, you know, how do you how do you go about actually executing what you're talking about? So usually it's it's kind of difficult to try to do it every single day. So I actually go out and we do maybe one to two hours at a time where we get anywhere from 30 to 60 photos. And there I have like, you know, one to two months worth of content in one day, okay. which is really awesome. So I'll go to like a downtown Chattanooga or I'll go to Lynchburg, which is where I live. And I'll just go around downtown and I'll take a bunch of photos and then I'll pick and choose which ones I like and don't like and what fits well. Okay. Now I'm just thinking, were you on a, like having a picnic one day and you lost the biscuits and it led to the idea (laughs) or what led to you actually doing such a thing? So back in probably 2013 or 2014, my brother and I wanted to start a YouTube channel where in every video we hid like an egg in the, in every video. And we just wanted to see if people would catch on to that. Okay. That never actually happened and we never developed that or anything. Um, but I was randomly sitting at a home in Franklin and I was like, wait, that was actually a good idea. Why don't we do that with like photos on Instagram? Cause that's much more manageable. And we just kind of went through spitballing on, uh, what would be a good object to hide. And I was like, what's more American than biscuits, you know, Yeah. really tasty, easy to make, you know? Right. And that, that's the next morning I was like, mom, can you make us some biscuits? <laughs> Who, that's, that's that, where it led. See, that's a, you always have to think practically speaking because that means you get to eat some of the the exactly the the, the, pro, the product as you as you as it were. 
Yeah, it's just research, you know. Just, you know, <laughs> all under the umbrella of research. Right. Well, so folks want to look it up. It's at the Hidden Biscuit on Instagram. Uh, Bob DeMoss the third is our third third guest of the week. Right in a row, we're very consistent on this program, and uh, he's one of my. I mean, he's my favorite. I gotta say it quietly because we have others listening. Favorite yeah, nephew. Just, we want to make sure. <clears throat> yeah. Um, now, what are name a couple of the interesting places that you've you've because you've you know you've traveled a lot too. So this is not just mm-hmm. where you live. I know you've been on the road a lot. What, what are some of the fun places you've been that where you've hidden the biscuit? So one of the most memorable places was probably on the coast of Ireland. Um, I went to what you would know in, if you watched Princess Bride as the Cliffs of Insanity. And I hit a biscuit on the side of the cliff and it actually fell down and it went into the water. Did it uh, say, so as actually... you wish, when it fell? <laughs> yeah, I think I heard something, you know, kind of coming out. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it was wow. Um, yeah. Ireland, uh, the UK, there was this really amazing place um, called, I'm trying to remember it now, but it was this hotel where it's connected to a train station and inside in the back at like the second or third story, they have this absolutely stunning red staircase. And if you scroll down a little bit, it's about, I would say it's about two months ago that I posted those photos. There's some of those beautiful staircase shots that you will ever see and I, I was blown away when I saw those photos and it, in real life as well. The the thought that went into that staircase is incredible. So, but, but as you're taking pictures in these sometimes an occasional famous place, you, you kind of want to make sure it's, I mean, does it matter that it, that people identify the photo or is it just that they're finding the biscuit in the photo, wherever you happen to take it, the game that you do? It's little, yeah. It's a little bit of both. So for example, when I was in Dublin, I took some photos inside of a library and I made sure to include the history of the entire library because I wanted people to not only be informed about the locations that I take these photos, but also enjoy a fun game if they if they like that as well. My nephew, uh, Robert George DeMoss Third, hanging out a little bit this afternoon. My very first guest ever was my dad a year and a half back on this program, on this iteration of the show. And uh, my brother, Bob, Bob Jr., Bobby D., was the second and now today the pleasure of having my favorite nephew on we'll continue our chat in just a moment it's tim demoss show on wfil thank you for tuning in today have a guest you'd like to hear on the tim demoss show on am 560 wfil email timmy d at wfil.com 447 on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. A couple days back, we had Herb Lusk III, who's going to be hosting a brand new program called The Legacy Project. Saturday afternoons at 2.30. It debuts just a couple of days from now. Yesterday, Tremper Longman III, an author, among other things, joined our program. And today, one of my... uh, They've got a lot of nieces and nephews in our family, on my wife's side as well. Uh, Today, it's another third, Bobby... Uh, the third, Robert George DeMoss, the third. Uh, how old are you, by the way? I'm trying to remember. I'm 18 and a half. I okay. turned 19 in May. Okay. All right. And this endeavor, uh, The Hidden Biscuit, and if you can look it up on Instagram, it's at The Hidden Biscuit. The game, simply, you place a biscuit in a photo in, a, in a real life, and you take pictures, and you post them on Instagram. And Do you do it every day, uh, or how, yeah, how often? 
Is it- yeah, I post one photo every single day, okay. and I'm at my 496th day, so I'm closing in on 500. Wow! So a new a new one every day, even on weekends or Monday through Friday only. Yep. Oh wow! All, okay, all seven days of the week. So fresh content. Uh, for for everyone who wants to check that out, um, how it's but it has one of the things is just like a biscuit or whatever. Do, do biscuits rise? I guess they have. To, I don't know, but they but, rise a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Well, your follow your follower account on this uh, Instagram thing on the account has risen as well, right? Kind of surprising in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Over the over the past year and a half or so, it's amassed to close to one hundred fifty thousand followers. That's nuts. That's crazy. Yeah. Could you have ever? Did you ever at any point sit down and think a little bit about the size of the uh, of the following, and maybe what you thought the potential was, or is it? I mean, that comes with the just maybe. If it happens, great. If it doesn't, I'm having fun. Right. So I think it's really important when you start anything that it's not about the numbers, it's not about the followers, because when I started it, it was totally just for fun, something to take my mind off school and all that. And I did think it had the potential to become something bigger than just, you know, me having fun, but that's not the end goal. You know, the end goal is just to enjoy, you know, taking photos, going out, trying new things, meeting new people. Yeah. And it would photo- love a photography part, be part of this too. I mean, there are residual benefits in addition to the, the fun of the game and, and the, uh, and the account itself, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So photography, cooking, traveling, those are all big interests of mine. And I thought it, would, it was really cool that I was able to find an idea that fit well with all those interests. I think when I talked to you uh, one time about this some months ago, also there there were a couple of well, fairly fairly well known folks I think who have latched onto this, or, or at least one. I can't remember. Have, have there been any interesting uh, celebrities or minor celebrities or anybody like that that's uh, you were surprised to find following the account? Yeah. So actually, um, Netflix star Amy Beth McNulty, who is in Anne with an E on Netflix, um, she followed me and she she shouted me out. One of the like January of last year, I think. Yeah. Um, Hillary Duff, who's known for sure. Lizzie McGuire, she she follows me and same with her husband as well. Wow. And they're really awesome people. He flew me out to L.A. and I was a part of his music video shoot, which is really really unique experience. Interesting. It was really cool to meet them. You yeah. know, I interviewed Hillary Duff uh, probably ten years ago. She was part of a wow. a mini series of some sort or something, uh, like a like a, a made for home thing. There's like a ten or twelve volume. Thing she was a mm-hmm. part of, uh, it was like a kind of a wholesome, like a little house in the prairie series or something. Anyway, yeah. I, now that you mentioned, it, I remember. Wow, that's interesting. So that's, that's fun. Crazy. Full circle. <laughs> that's right. Well, let's do this too. Um, share one one of the quick questions for you, just about it. And again, it's at the hidden biscuit, um, the 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 way it works. Just to clarify that, if people follow you, they'll see the new photo of the day. And is it, mm-hmm. do they need to interact in any way, or is it more that they're looking, they find it for their satisfaction, or do they register an answer with you through your account, or I see it, or how do you not spoil it for other people, that kind of thing? Yeah, so basically you have the cover photo, which is the photo with the biscuit, and you can zoom in and look around. And then I also have two hints. So if you swipe over, you can see hint one and hint two, and okay. then on the last slide it shows the answer. So okay. you can confirm where, where it was, yeah. Very cool. So you can have fun that way, and, and, and that's really neat. That's great. Well, at yeah. the Hidden Biscuit is the is the uh, deal there. Does a person need to have an Instagram account then to follow, or can they, could they actually check it out without having an Instagram account, do you know? 
Yeah, so I'm public. So anyone who has internet can just go to Instagram.com slash The Hidden Biscuit and they can check out the account. No account uh, needed in order to, to look at the photos. Okay, but the way Instagram works is if you have an account, I guess, does it populate or you have a notification? Hey, the new one's ready, kind of a thing. Biscuit's yep. ready. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So Bob DeMoss III, my nephew Bobby, uh, checking in briefly. We're very glad to to get you on the program. And uh, one last thing for you, you know, as I mentioned, uh, your your grandfather Papu uh, was the very yep. first guest on the program last wow. September 2018. And then your dad, Robert George DeMoss Jr., has been on a couple of times. And now Robert III is on. Brag for a second in a good way on your dad, what what your dad has uh, you know learned or, or taught you over the years, or even in this endeavor, the, the Hidden Biscuit endeavor, how he's coached you along or encouraged you. He's, he's an entrepreneur. I know that I've done a lot of I've done a lot of work for him for free pizza over the years. <laughs> yeah. So he's been a really big help in giving me ideas and like different ways to incorporate and engage more people. And he's so smart about his because he has such a natural entrepreneurship spirit in mind and uh, a lot of the times he's writing and so he doesn't get to exercise the entrepreneur side and so he's always calling me or texting me ideas and different ways to you know get people you know hyped up about a new post or what what can i do that you know is out of the box or extraordinary and so he's really helped me along the way in you know kind of leading me and nurturing that you know in me as well which has been really really awesome that's a blessing to have a dad who loves you like that. No, the most important thing yep. is he teaches you and, and leads you in God's ways too. And you have a mom mm-hmm. and siblings who are in that same boat as well. You know, we're walking together along like that. Yeah. So how, how about the other, is, is Danny working with you on the Hidden Biscuit too? Yeah. So Danny has helped with, uh, it really is, is awesome to have someone like Danny because he'll, um, when we're taking photos, he'll be out there putting the biscuit in place so I can hold the, you know, the camera and just be looking for good spots. Yeah. So I don't have to be running back and forth, back and forth, hiding, moving and all that. He does that for me, which is really, really nice to have because otherwise it takes twice as long, you know, to, to take one photo. Sure. So he's really oh, yeah. helped out with that. Oh yeah. Or, or to make sure it's actually right. Cause they can just step away from it, get the shot kind of a thing rather mm-hmm. than place it, run back to your camera. Hey, the bird just took my biscuit. <laughs> yeah, which has happened plenty of times. Donkeys, birds, peacocks. Uh, yeah, you name it. They've been eaten. <laughs> That's very funny. Now, and, uh, your mom, I know, uh, Letitia, she's she's also very talented and very multifaceted. I'm sure she does a lot more. And she, does she, is, she the, is she the secret rest of the chef behind the scenes to make these biscuits? <laughs> and then I'm sure uh, she does more than that, too. But She definitely does help with a lot of the biscuit making and planning. And just the other day we bought some balloons and she took me to the store. We were able to pick out some cool balloons for my 500th post. And we're going to be making a lot of biscuits and putting it in the shape of, you know, 150 cause I'm about to hit 150,000. And so she's been really a big help with that. And that's great. Leading me along that way as well. Well, is today, today's is already up, right? The hidden biscuit. Is yep, up? I just okay. posted it two minutes ago and that's four ninety six. I believe so. Yeah, four so, five hundred so. posts will be on January third or February third. So it's Monday. Oh yeah, sorry, February third. It's coming Monday, day after the Super Bowl. After people are all tired out from all the commercials and all the hoopla, there'll be more hoopla <laughs> on Monday with the five hundredth, the Hidden Biscuit post. <laughs> That's great. Yep. Bobby, yeah. big hug for you and greetings to your family. All right. 
Thank you so much. All right. God bless you. That's my love nephew. You. Yeah, I love you too, nephew. Bob DeMoss third, And you can follow him on Instagram at The Hidden Biscuit and uh, join in the fun there. Danny, pretty cool, huh? What do you think? Did you get a chance to see the Instagram? I am looking right now, and I have to say, it is impossible to find the biscuit. Really? It is so hard. Okay. It's, it's very impressive. And there's somewhere he posted multiple pictures in one post, yeah. and they'll give hints. Yes. The hints don't help at all. I. It's really? very hard. And I'm good at, like, where's Waldo's? I spy games. I have great vision. I'm Ooh. very good at this. This is very difficult. Interesting. All right. But the photos itself, like the photos are great. And you're, he has great photography skills. You're a pretty, well, and you're a pretty sharp person there. So that's interesting. I, you know, I, I need to probably participate in this too. Yeah. All right. It's, he has really good photos. At the Hidden Biscuit is where you can find it on Instagram. My father, for those just tuning in, my father, uh, Robert George DeMoss Sr., was the very first guest I had in the program September 6th, I think it was 2018, at this afternoon show. And my brother Bob, Bob Jr., a.k.a. Bobby D., or he, he'll sign the original D when, you know, when he's signing his name, uh, uh, has been on the program a couple times. And now today, uh, in honor of the fact that we had two-thirds earlier this week, uh, guests and uh, in uh, – and Herb Lust the third on Tuesday. Yesterday was Trumper Longman the third. Today, Robert George Jamos the third. Adding another facet to this fine broadcast. You can get the uh, podcast at WFAL.com about an hour from now or less. Now, tomorrow, Daniel, our famous Friday show that lends itself to do we close it off three thirds as a whole and we're done? Or do we actually try to schedule another third? You know, on that, that list of famous thirds, I mentioned Eminem yeah. is a third. Alec Baldwin is a third. Okay. Uh, Alexander Ray Baldwin, is R-A-E is his middle name. Luke Perry, remember him? Yeah. Uh, Coy Luther Perry III. Desi Arnaz. It could be impossible to Well, I him don't think that's coming. Since he's passed. <laughs> that. Are we getting? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not going that direction. <laughs> the person I thought of was RG3, Robert Griffin III, who was quarterback for the Redskins. I think he's a backup for the Baltimore Ravens. Now that they're out of the playoffs, maybe, maybe he's got some time on his hands. Mm-hmm. We'll see. All right. Well, I'll leave that to you to see who you can book. Sure. I'll put that ball in your court. Yeah. Are you going to work on it? You look like you're kind of giving me the yes, Well, but you the lost no. me after Redskins, I'll right. be honest with you. Well, never mind then. All right. So thanks for tuning in, and I uh, hope you enjoyed the program. Looking forward to doing it again tomorrow on our famous Friday show, including the pun segment. We appreciate your prayers for the show, too. We need them. Jim Axum, speaking of which, Acts 413 Ministries leads in prayer next. Have a lovely evening. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.